You know, Jesus warned us that in the end times, deception like a virus will spread like wildfire. Disguised as the answer to all our problems, our secular culture can only offer replacements to the truth. The good news is that the truth of the Bible is the cure. In Pastor Jack Hibbs' new book called Living in the Days of Deception, he reveals the antidote to the lies we're told that have become increasingly harder to detect. From the inspiring foreword written by Mike Pompeo to the final chapters, Pastor Jack exposes how to combat deceptive spirits and equips us when we're deceived by the ultimate liar, Satan himself. Living in the Days of Deception by Jack Hibbs is a powerful must-read, and when you order, you can bundle by getting the DVDs and a downloadable link for a gift of any amount at jackhibbs.com radio. That's jackhibbs.com radio. Real Life presents the Jack Hibbs Podcast with intention and boldness to proclaim truth, equip the saints, and impact our culture. Hey, everybody, we're going to respond to somebody's question. It's a good one, and it's a rarity. We don't often do it, but this one demands a response. Here we go. You can get the outlines of this podcast by going to jackhibbs.com slash podcast. Today, if this podcast lifts you up and encourages you to live a more fulfilled life in Christ, then make sure you leave us one of those five-star ratings. To us, that's like saying amen or yes. Then that rating will encourage others to listen. Now open your hearts to what God's Word has to say to you. Here is Jack Hibbs. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Jacobus Podcast. And listen, you could always encourage us and help us out by leaving us a review. It really matters and encourages the entire team. Uh, talking about the entire team, I have to tell you straight up that I do not read um, comments made by people. I don't have the time. I just don't have the time. And I'm not joking. I had a 21-hour day yesterday for real, and I'm trying to recover from that. I don't have the time to peruse social media. Uh, but you might say, well, my gosh, you're posting all the time. I am posting all the time on uh, the various platforms, but I walk away from those posts. I post it and then I walk away. Uh, but uh, number one, that's that's one of the ways uh, how I keep so happy and uh, lighthearted is because I don't get bogged down in in what people are you know saying about uh whatever, but we have a team that reads the responses from people. And um, so one of the things is, we're, we, I don't think we've ever done this before, but this is really good. So Colleen, I'm going to say, if you're Colleen, who left us uh, a message, Colleen, I'm going to say Colleen uh, C. I'm not going to give your whole handle because that's probably not fair to you, but Colleen C., you know who I'm talking about? Uh, you asked a question, and it's awesome. And it goes something like this, that you were listening to a message recently that I was giving and that I had made the comment, uh, which was actually a statement, quote, from the Bible, that I said that you need to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Uh, and your great question was, is... I thought our salvation was purchased in Jesus and we had it and that it's not by works, but it's just by faith in him alone. So can I address that? First of all, you are absolutely correct. You are 100% correct, Colleen. Number one is that our salvation is solely fixed upon the absolute 
and the uh, exhaustive to the point of sufficient sacrifice of Jesus Christ at the cross. In other words, what Jesus did for us at the cross satisfied the righteousness of God, which has been revealed to us in the law. Christ came and met all the demands of the law, thereby, think of it this way, thereby when the law examined Jesus Christ in Passion Week, think about that, the Old Testament law examined the life and the ministry of Jesus Christ and could not bring anything against him. When the law was satisfied, the next part of his redemptive act for us is that he then, having been perfected before the law, of course, he's God, he was always perfect, but he lived out that perfection in human flesh, which is amazing because was Jesus really tempted? Not only was he really tempted, he was tempted far beyond what you and I can be tempted because he's pure like you and I would have never known. We will know in the future we'll be as pure as Jesus in eternity in heaven. Imagine that. Read 1 John. It'll blow your mind. But having said that, Colleen, um, yep, it's all by Jesus. And so your next comeback is, well, then what about working out your own salvation with fear and trembling? What do I do? Doesn't sound doesn't sound very thrilling. Philippians chapter 2. Always, friends, always never build a theology off of a verse. Ever. That's what cults do, by the way. You want to be a cult? Build your theology off of a verse. And if you want to be, uh, you know, like a, like a, a global cult, then build your theology off of random verses from Old and New Testament that have no correlation whatsoever together and are more importantly read out of context. Context is everything. And, and it shouldn't surprise you, okay? So here in Southern California, context is everything. If I'm hungry, right, and I want a hamburger, right? In California, I don't know if you know this or not, but this is where hamburgers are born. All the big ones in, in America are born here. Don't tell me about five guys. It's not even funny. Um, I'm talking about real hamburgers that come from California. So if I want a hamburger, I'm going to go, listen, the context, I'm going to go to In-N-Out Burger. That's where, that's where God would eat. First of all, everything has got verses on it. It's a Christian company. And, I'm, and I've got a burger, but in the context, I have to have the fries and the milkshake together. The context of this together gives you a well-rounded experience of how great an In-N-Out Burger can be. An in-and-out, double-double, animal style is what you want. And that context then affords you freedom, like to dip your fries in your milkshake before you eat it, okay? So I, I digress, kind of. Context dictates everything. So listen to this. Philippians. Paul is writing to the believers in Philippi. These are uh, Roman believers. They are Europeans. They're not Jews. They are in the region of what would probably be those that are closer to uh, Macedonians. But be that as it may, they are residing in Philippi. And he writes to the church at Philippi. And the people who live there are called Philippians. Okay. And in chapter two, you quoted it. 
Colleen. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Verse 13, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Now that's just a hint of the context. You see all of a sudden, oh, wait a minute. Verse 13 says, it's God who's working it out in me. Yes. So what does it mean? Let's go back to verse 12. What does it mean for us to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling? You ready? Here it is. To work out our own salvation simply means this. Because we're saved, we work out our own salvation from the fact that we are saved. Not that we get saved by working for our salvation. That's not how we, that's not how it works. Our salvation is a gift that's given. Now that you're saved, what does it mean? It means, watch, discipline your life in such a way that will advance the entire process of your relationship with Jesus Christ now in salvation, in sanctification, and being called, and your ultimate uh, glorification in Christ Jesus. Paul talks about that in Romans chapter 8, uh, verses uh, 28 to 30. One, so you want to check that out. But here's the deal. God is at work within you. God is at work. Verse 13. You can even read it backwards. God's at work within you. He's going to work so that you can work out your own salvation with reverence and with awe. That's what those words mean. Not to be terrified and be flinching when God speaks. No, it's a joyous union. And it's thrilling because salvation is not by our sweat. It's not by our efforts. It's not by our deeds. It is truly this. Because I'm saved, I'm going to make sure I set my alarm earlier to get up with God to spend time with him. See, I don't have to do that, but I want to grow, so I'm going to do that. So work out your own salvation with, with reverential awe would be that I'm going to go to church and find out how I can be used. I want to, I want to put my faith into action. What does God want to do with me? Now, you can stay home and you're going to go to heaven, but... It's best to invest in your relationship with God. And so when it's working out, it's just, let me rephrase it. Let the salvation that is yours, let it go. Release it in your life and find out what God wants to do with you. And as he uses you, just remember, maintain that with a reverential awe and thankfulness toward God. Because he's the one doing it all. He's the one that's at work in you. So it's two verses of absolute liberty, absolute freedom, absolute joy, and absolute assurance. Because why? Because I'm going to walk the straight and narrow with Jesus. And the Holy Spirit's going to give me the power to do that. And the wanta, he's going to give me the wanna to do it. I'm going to want to do this. So it's not any works of righteousness on your own. To do this is to yield to the work of God and letting him do what he wants you to do. And I hope, Colleen, that this liberates you and that it also brings an answer to your question. Um, you know, think of a, a glove, right? You can see a glove. You can go to a, your local hardware store and there's a glove. You can buy gloves and they, they're all just gloves. Um, and they're basically meaningless until your hand slips inside the glove. And you, by the way, you'll try on a few gloves 
until you find one that fits or fits the application for which you need it. Okay. Are you going to be handling acids? Then you need a certain kind of a rubber uh, polypropylene type of a glove, a glove that can handle toxins and poisons and acids. You wouldn't use that glove for gardening. You would use a gardener's glove. They usually have a little bit of rubber grip and they're, they're, they're cloth on the top. Well, maybe what if you, you're going to do hard yard work. You're going to cut down some trees. You're going to use your chainsaw or you're going to dig fence posts. You know, you're going to deal with barbed wire and stuff like that for your, for your uh, land or for your property. You'd use leather gloves. Why? Because they can take it. You use the glove in the application for which it was created for. Know this. The Bible says, Colleen, that you were created by God to live out your life and serve him. And those things that you're to be doing are actual works that God has given you before the foundation of the world was ever laid. These are works that God has given each of us as believers to live out. Now, listen, some of you might be saying, oh, my goodness, really? I'm a Christian, Pastor Jack, and I don't know what I'm supposed to do. You better find out. That's your purpose in life. And if you, th listen, if you think you've been having fun so far as a Christian, you ain't seen nothing yet. Because when you yield yourself to what God wants to do, and listen, sometimes that comes by presenting yourself in lots of trial and error. And what I mean by that is, I want to serve God. I want to find out what my gifting is. And you sign up for the parking lot ministry, traffic ministry, ushering ministry, children's ministry. You might go to seven different ministries until you find one that it's like, oh my gosh, I love this. And the reason why you're going to love it is because God has put that love in your heart for it before the world was ever created, before you were ever born. You were designed for that. And guess what's going to happen? You are going to work your tail off doing it. And people are going to say, you need to take a break. And you go, man, I can't take a break. This is the best. Where do you get your energy from? Where do you get your motivation from? From God. Why? You were built to do that. That's why God called you to do that. And so while other people who are not called to what you're doing are all pooped out and tired and thrashed, you would be just as thrashed if you're trying to do what they do. What they do is incredibly powerful to the advancement of the gospel. Listen, the church that I pastor, I'm surrounded by people, literally, who have incredible callings and giftings in the area to advance the gospel via technologies or a writing or graphics or uh, audio or, you know, logistics. It's amazing. Just today I found out, I'm sorry, I didn't even know this, um, about when people order books. How does that happen? What's the process? Where on the property does that take place? Who's doing this? How, how are book orders processed? I can't even wrap my brain around that. I'm not, I don't have to. I'm not called to do that. I wouldn't even, I'd blow it all up. I'd mess it up. So listen, Colleen, find out what God wants you to do. Do it with all of your heart. And you're going to find out that you disciplining your life, which is a joy to draw closer to Jesus, which is part of being a disciple. It turns out that you wind up fulfilling the full purpose as to why God gave you eternal life in the first place. He gave you life for a purpose. Don't just wait around to get to heaven. What you want to do is be busy about our father's business. And that when it time comes to go to heaven, um, you are going to heaven having accomplished your race 
as Paul put it, you have finished your course, you've kept the faith, and you can lay your head down at night uh, satisfied and thankful for all that God gave you for that day. So I hope that is an answer to you. I hope that uh, brings some consolation to you. It's a great question. Uh, but remember, everybody, read the entire context of what's before you. Don't just eat the fries. Okay, there's more to it. Don't just read that verse. Read it in the chapter. Read it in its paragraph. As you read it, unpack the, the word meanings and you'll grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. So you guys, listen, um, as always, we would love to have you subscribe. That really helps us uh, in the social media world. I don't understand it. The beautiful people behind these cameras, they understand that. But it helps us in that social world. But as always, it's time for us to live out what we believe in. It's time for real life. So go out there and live the life that God has called you to live. God bless you. I'll see you next time. This Jack Hibbs podcast, as well as all the broadcast outreach opportunities, are listener supported. Will you consider partnering with us through a special gift? Go to jackhibbs.com to learn more and stay connected. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.